The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. The The plague, what it is, and how to respond. I want you to open your heart as you open your minds to God. As we delve into the word of God today, God bless you. The plague, what is it and how to respond? So basically, the plague is an outbreak of disaster. Every time there is an outbreak of disaster, you have seen a plague. So it could be natural disaster, it could be animal disaster like locust. Billions and billions of locusts ravaging um, East Africa earlier this year. And it could be a biological disaster like the COVID-19 that the world is, is currently dealing with. So, and with, with the biological, it could be an epidemic or it could be, or it could be a pandemic. An epidemic is um, limited in scope, but a pandemic has a wider scope and is global. Now, the question is, where are plagues from? Now, concerning um, COVID-19, for instance, I've heard people say, oh, this must be God judging the world. This is God's judgment. Oh, and on and on and on and on and on. Trying to speak for God. <laughs> Some people say, no, no, this is not God. This is the devil. This is the devil. It's the devil that is trying to take over the world. Some say, no, it's not God, nor the devil. This is man. This is biological warfare. You know, and, you know, man blame some country trying to overtake another country as far as being a superpower is concerned. But what should we know as the people of God? What should we know? We see a classic example in Job. Job chapter 1, Job chapter 1, I read from 6 to 12, Job 1, 6 to 12, it says, One day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. But that should tell you something, but that's not where we're going. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest in all the earth. He's blameless. A man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, Yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. I'm praying in the name of Jesus that God, the God of heaven, will always put a wall of protection around you, around your property, around your home, around your children in the mighty name of Jesus. It's huge what we are seeing here. You have made him prosper in everything he does, that the God of heaven will make you prosper in everything you do. It says, look how rich he is 
but reach out and take away everything he has and it will surely cost you to your face. All right. You may test him. The Lord said to Satan, do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. Now, we see here Satan making some clear statements about Job. Job is a type of the New Testament Christian. Protected, shielded, prosperous. Now, God did not originate the plague. So we see the plague in this case was a personal plague. So a plague could be personal, a plague could be regional, and a, a plague could be national, like we see in um, Egypt, in, in, in Egypt, in the Bible. And a plague could be global, like we see today in the COVID-19 case. So, as much as Job didn't sin, Job still experienced the pressure. You know, so when people say, oh, it's because of the sin, it's because of your sin, or maybe that's why you're going through the challenge. Not necessarily. Of course, sin attracts trouble. However, the key thing here is nothing, absolutely nothing happens outside of God's permission. Nothing. So either COVID-19 was, um, if it's from God, <laughs> What, what can anybody do about it? Nothing. Praise God. <laughs> he covers us. If it's from Satan, it can't even happen without God nodding and allowing it. Also, if it's from man, it can't happen. So, even if it is China, that is, it's a biological weapon that is being on, I know there's a lot of conspiracy theory out there. Oh, it's it's 5G, the, the blanket, some say, oh, it's Illuminati, you know, they want to take over the world, you know, some say, oh, it's the, it's the Antichrist, you know, they've come to take <laughs> Well, the point is, whatever it is, Jesus is on the throne and he rules in the affairs of men. There is nothing that will happen to you without his consent so whatever it is god has you covered god has us covered it's a beautiful thing to be a child of god you see listen if you are not a child of god you your life is in danger your life is in danger it's a beautiful thing to be a child of god it is what our father dictates and allows that happens absolutely and totally so, is it a weakness to hide? You know, some, some people have said, oh, it's, it's a weakness to hide. You know, why would Christians, you know, uh, obey the sit-at-home order? Should Christians hide? Why should you hide? You should be on the street. I'm like, that's so foolish. We have civic responsibilities as, as Christians. So, if the wise thing to do to curtail the spread is to sit at home, then we sit at home. And sometimes... God hides his people. Remember, Jesus, they had to take him and they ran to Egypt to hide, so to speak. 
was God weak? Couldn't God have protected Jesus? Moses, they had to take him and hid him in a basket, put him in the water. God hid Moses in the palace of Pharaoh. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. The word of God says in Isaiah 26 verse 20. Now, this is the word of God. Interestingly, that sometimes when plague comes, God expects you to stay home. Sit at home order is in the Bible. Shelter in place is in the Bible. Go home, my people, my people, God's people. Go home and lock your doors. Go home, lock your doors. Hide yourselves for a little while until the Lord's anger has passed. So until the plague has passed, until the pandemic has passed, hide yourself. It's going to be a little while. It's going to expire. Every plague in history expired. COVID-19 will expire. Absolutely and totally. It's going to expire. But the question is, would you be standing? Would you be standing? I pray that you will be standing in the name of Jesus. For a lot of people, a lot of people will have lost their health. The number of messages I get, Pastor, I can't sleep. Pray with me. Panic attacks, depression, mental. And you see, you need to get up and fight. That is what you need to do. And if you, if you, know, if you want to know, get the lowdown on, on how to begin to fight, you need to check the resources. Wednesday, last week Wednesday, we, we started a series. And on our midweek services that, you know, or online, we are going to be looking at fight, learning how to fight. So part of fighting is to get into the bunker. If you're a soldier, you know that the bunker can be a safe place in a time of war. To get into the bunker and hide, hide your head so that you can take your aim properly. And what this pressure does is that it, it brings out what is already in you. This pressure that the world is, is, is facing will show you those that are the children of God. I'm not going to say those that catch the virus or not. No, that will not be the, what we, I pray that God will protect his people and his people will be safe. But what I'm saying is what comes out of you when you face these challenges. Already a lot are losing their faith. Some people are beginning to question their faith. Some people are beginning to say, why am I even following Jesus? Why should I? <laughs> I mean, all sorts of crazy things are going on. A lot of people are losing their marriages. Some people, marriages are getting better. Glory be to God. But some people, it has become a battlefield. You know, I pray that when it's all said and done, you will be standing. And as Christians, we have to respond. We have precedents in history. We, we, we have precedents in the Bible. We can see how God expects us to respond at times like this in Scripture. Clearly, there's a man, a Christian man called Cyprian of Carthage. During a plague, an epidemic of Carthage, you can Google it, it's in the public domain. He organized a program of medical relief, nursing of the sick, and he, he galvanized believers. And that was a huge thing because the state was confused. But he led the, the healing balm in Carthage. So God expects us to respond. Another man in history, Richard Allen, in the 1700s, was a believer. He started the movement during the yellow fever epidemic of Philadelphia. 
And yellow fever is, is also viral. Once you get it, you can't really be healed of it. But today we have vaccines. Remember, if you want to travel now, they say you need to have your yellow fever card. Uh, interestingly, you know, folks don't really understand why the government or the governments of the nations are insisting that you have your yellow fever card. Because yellow fever was, was like COVID-19 of today. Viral, once you get it, it's a big problem. But once you have the vaccine, once you've taken the yellow fever, then you carry your card. It means, I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, traveling after COVID-19, you will have COVID-19 vaccination card. Trust me, it's going to happen. Yellow fever, that was what happened. In the 1700s, oh, there was an outbreak, but it was Richard Allen, a Christian, that led by himself the relief effort. In fact, that relief effort gave birth to the African Methodist Episcopal Church in the U.S. It's a huge church in the U.S., millions and millions of members today. But it was from that yellow fever epidemic, the time for you to get up and make a difference is now. For you, it could be the mental health space. The time for you to make a difference is now. You are going to, you are going to see at the end of the of, of today's service. You, you, many of you, I'm going to challenge you to start a group online. Start a small group online. You could call it a small group, but it's going to grow. But start a group online. It could be a word that God wants you to 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 begin to work on. For some of you, it is a it is a skill that is right inside you. You know how to counsel depressed people. You know how to. For some of you, it is the ability to share the word of God. This is your time. For some of you, it is just to crack jokes. All the jokes you've been trying to crack in church. This is your time. It's you and the world. But clean stuff, glorifying Jesus. For some of you, you, you can play a musical instrument. Start a group. We have what Richard Allen did not have. We have what Sepran of, of Carthage did not have. We have what all the Spanish flu guys did not have. We can make a difference. A, a historian, um, Osibus, in the fourth century, you know, has this to say about the, the plague that, the, the epidemic that hit Rome in the fourth century. He says, all day long. Now listen, he says, Christians tended to the dying and to the burial, countless numbers with no one to care for them, but Christians tended to them. And this guy was an historian. He was just stating history that, look, when the epidemic was at the peak, Christians stepped up to the plate and they cared. You know, we, we are, we are going to have um, a, a 247 counseling line that you can call prayers and counseling line. You can call and get a pastor to pray for them and get a pastor to counsel them. And if it is really um, mental health issues, the pastor can forward it to a mental health professional that will take over all for humanity, all for free. You see, when Jesus says in Matthew 5, 
Matthew 5, 14, that you are the light of the world. Can you see? Can you see that the light thing is coming together? You know, when God said to us, you know, there is a, the world this year is the year of light. You know, I shared at a tribe that a lady you know, sent, sent me a message on Wednesday, you know, and she said that, Pastor, when you said this was the year of light, that she thought to herself that, ah, there will be gross darkness this year, you know. And we are seeing it already. But we are not just to sit down and say, oh, there's God's darkness. We have to get up and be the light. Matthew 5 reads on. It says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds, it's huge, it's huge, shine out for all to see. This is not the time to start doing humility. This is the time to be the church so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Do I get an amen? So how do we respond? We respond in three ways, you know. We, 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 we talked about PPE, you know, the first time we shared this at, at the tribe um, gathering. After the service, I mean, folks reached out to me and said, Oh, Pastor, PPE actually means, I mean, in, in, in the um, secular setting, uh, private pro protective equipment or something that when there's a disaster, you know, it's actually a standard procedure, a standard, you know, I'm like, wow, I, I, I didn't know that, you know, um, pastors don't know everything, so I, I, I didn't know that, you know. But it's it's all coming together. Praise the name of the Lord. PPE. So the so the first thing we need to do is to pivot. The second thing we need to do is to prepare. And the third thing we need to do is to engage. We need to what? I can't hear you. Say pivot. We need to say prepare. Prepare. Then three. We need to engage. We have to pivot. What is happening is not just change. It's disruption. You know, it just does change. You know, I'm not used to no 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 no. This is change to the power of a hundred or a thousand. This is disruption. So you it cannot be business as usual. Whatever business you are in, you need to pivot. You need to pivot. You know, people are saying, you know, some someone sent me a text, the pastor, I, I saw Ankara, you know, since the COVID-19 thing, I've not been able to sell. You know, and I'm cash crunched. So I said to myself, You have been sewing Ankara. Ankara for what? Oh, I'm for what? Nobody's buying it. But you can sew face masks. Get the, there are designs of, of, of World Health Organization face masks online that you can copy the design and sew your own Ankara paper. And did you know that WHO has said that um, fabric face masks should actually be a requirement? I read, I read that today, just today. So you need to pivot. Stop sewing. Bubai Shokoto. Everybody needs a face mask. Health workers don't have enough. Talk less of uh, regular citizens. That's just an idea. That's just on the side. It could be, and it's, 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 it might appear to be a simple example, but that is how we need to pivot. We need to pivot. You need to pivot your, your business. You need to pivot, you know, your business. As a church, we have pivoted. 
You know, we need to. You see, gathering physically, I'm going to explain that much later, but gathering physically is great. However, when the times that we are in require us not to gather physically, we will pivot. We are the church. The church has never been about the building, the church has always been about the people. I mean, you know, God's what I said, well, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? Yeah, we're going to build. We trust God. But you see, it's not the driving force of our existence. The church has never been about the building. The church has always been about the people. About who? The people. Similarly, the mistake a lot of people are making right now, doing church, streaming. The, we need to also understand that the church is not about streaming. The church is about people. Ah, oh, you catch that on Wednesday. I need to go. So... <laughs> We need to pivot. And we see in Exodus 12, 11, Exodus 12, 11 to 14, I'm reading. Now, this is, this is gold. This is huge. Huge. It says, these are your instructions for eating. A plague was, has been hitting. Eating Egypt. Eating Egypt. Eating Egypt. Eating Egypt. What was... The key thing here, plagued one to nine, when it affected Egypt, it affected Goshen. When the, 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 the clouds was darkened, Egypt was darkened, it also affected Goshen. It affected Goshen. They, they experienced darkness too. When there was frogs coming out from water everywhere, they also saw it when they went to fetch water. When the water turned to blood, when they went to Nile, it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or whether you're an Egyptian, the water was red. When there was flies, when there was gnats, all sorts of things, one to nine, everybody participated. But when it came to the tenth plague, God said, I am going to cause there to be a separation. I'm going to cause there to be a separation between my people and those that are not my people. A time will come when heaven will say, I'm going to cause there to be a separation between my people and those that are not my people. And he says, go into the house, you that are my people. Go in and that house there talks about the presence of God. Beyond our physical location, because our houses are I tabernacles anyway. So, but our bodies more more importantly. So, talk about the presence of God, and He says here, "Be fully dressed. You are in. You are shut in. Be fully dressed. You know, it's I can't be fully dressed. We can unpack that for another two hours in the context of COVID nineteen." Be fully dressed. But but the, the aspect we are going to talk about, touch on today, is, is the belt. Is if another transition says, put on your belt, tuck in, tuck in your cloak in your belt. That belt there, I'll talk about significance already, but I'm going to talk about it again. It says that's the first thing. The second thing is wear your sandals. Carry your walking stick in your hand. Hmm. Eat the meal with urgency, for it is the Lord's Passover. On the night, I will pass through the land of Egypt, and I will execute judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. Verse 13. But the blood. Everyone said the blood. But the blood. Everyone said the blood. But the blood. On your... This is gold. 
On your doorpost, we serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague of death will not touch you, shall not be upon your land to strike you. The plague, the epidemic, the pandemic is not a respecter of class, as you have, as you have discovered. Mayors are getting it, prime ministers are getting it, governors are getting it, presidents are getting it. It's not a respecter of class. It's not a respecter of color. It's not a respecter of race. It's not a respecter of age. But it's a respecter of the blood. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. That blood is the blood of the new covenant in Christ. That blood is the blood that conquers Satan and the world. That blood is the blood of redemption of mankind. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, now it doesn't matter who is behind the door. When I see the blood, there are people, there are husbands that are not saved because of their wife is saved and is in the house today. When I see the blood, there are wives that are not saved because your husband is saved and is in the house today when I see the blood. There are parents that are not saved because your children are saved and they are in the house today when I see the blood. I will pass over and the plague will not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And by the time we get to it, we, we look at Exodus 11, 7, talking about what will really now go down it says but among the israelites it will be so peaceful i'm praying for you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth that in your house in your heart in your life it will be so peaceful in the name of jesus it will be so peaceful in the name of jesus that not even a dog will bark do you believe that then you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites. I'm praying that God's peace will be upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. Every form of commotion in your heart be silenced now in the mighty name of Jesus. And so shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. So the first thing is to pivot. The second thing is to prepare Exodus 12, 11 again, it says, these are your instructions for eating the meal. Be fully dressed. Let your belt be in your loins. Guard your belt in your loins. Be fully dressed. It says, and it says, wear your sandals and carry your walking stick. Prepare for ministry. Prepare for missions. And prepare for battle. That's what he said. Prepare for ministry. Prepare for missions. Prepare for battle. Your belt and your loins. Fully dressed. Ministry. Your sandals on your feet. Mission. Readiness of the gospel of Christ. Your staff in your hand. Be ready for battle. We'll, we'll get there. 
we get it. So internal systems. So we need to have the and, and by the grace of God, we pivoted, we are preparing. We have an internal system. Our belt is in place. Belt is to take care of our own so that you know if you're not wearing a belt, it means that when the wind blows as it's blowing, your 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 your, your pants can just fall down, your trousers can fall down, or uh, your skirt, whatever. And that is an issue, you know, um for a civilized world. So <laughs> in God's family house, what we've done, by the grace of God, we have a food bank. People call in when they are running low of food, we supply them food. We take care, we minister to God's people. Praise the name of the Lord. External delivery, missions, evangelism. So there are also people in our community that God wants us to feed. There are people in your community that God wants you to feed. As a church, we will be reaching out to our community also. God wants us to put wear your sandals. It's time for action. Wear your sandals. And I know that some people try to take advantage of this kind of things. You know, I mean, we've had people that We'll be sending text messages to people. Oh, I am. I don't have any money. This is my bank account. I don't. Have, so by the time you, you know, this person say this person the same text, copy and paste, copy and paste. He's just broadcasting it and he's trying to enrich himself. We we are not like that. You shouldn't do that. You know, those that do that. I mean, those that want to help. I pray that God will give you discernment. And the safest thing is to do it centrally. When you do it centrally, you are sure it will get to those that need it. So God is saying to you and I, don't waste the crisis. Don't waste the crisis. In Amos 4.10, the word of God said that the Jews, that God says that all these things happen to them so that it can, it can, they can draw close to him. But they did not. I pray that this, the COVID-19 saga, by the time it's all said and done, you'll be closer to God in the name of Jesus. That you will be closer to God in the name of Jesus. There are things that are happening in the U.S. today that could never have happened a few weeks ago without people calling the cops. We have people playing Christian music on streets and nobody is talking. <laughs> because everybody needs God now. Everybody needs God. That's a place to be. But when it's all said and done, God says you should be standing. Revelation 9.20 Revelation 9.20 says to us that, but the people did not die. The people who did not die of plagues still refused to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. They continued to worship demons and idols made of gold and silver. So, God expects us to turn away and turn to him. Turn away from the the world from 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 sin, from turning away from things that he doesn't approve of, and and turn to him, and that will be our story in Jesus' name. Number three, execute, execute. Numbers ten, forty-six, from forty-six, it says Moses said to Aaron, "Quick, take an incense burner and place the burner, the burning coals on it from the altar. Lay incense on it and carry it out among the people to purify them and make them right." with the Lord. The Lord's anger is blazing against them. The plague has already begun. Aaron did as Moses told him and ran out among the people. 
The plague had already begun to strike down the people. But Aaron burned the incense and purified the people. He stood between the dead and the living and the plague stopped. I pray that as we engage, as the church of Jesus engages, that we will stand between the dead and the living and the plague will stop. Through the group you, you will start online, through the effort of, of, of ministry that will open up, that you will stand between the dead and the living and the plague will stop. Second Chronicles 7, 13 and 14 is a scripture that has been quoted a lot these days, but I just want to see the execute part of it. It says, at times I may shut the heavens so that no rain falls, or command grasshoppers to devour your crops. So, plague, grasshoppers. Or send plagues among you. Could be biological. Could be an epidemic, could be a pandemic. It says, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and restore their land. What does this mean? This is God talking to specifically to the children of Israel, to the nation of Israel. But how does this apply to us? To you and I? It's simple. In Christ, we are his people. And in Christ, through the supplication of Jesus, our prayers have come to him. And he has heard from heaven. And he has forgiven our sins. And he has healed not will. He has healed our land. So, so what that happens? What's happening is that whenever you step out of that, you try to establish your own righteousness, you now, you, that is pride. You need to humble yourself and, and embrace the work, the finished work on the cross of Christ. That is huge. That's huge. So, we like we're sharing on, on Wednesday. We are fighting from victory. We are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from a place of victory. Our land is healed in the name of Jesus. With the, the moment you surrender to Jesus, you are humbling your heart. But every time, whether you are a baby Christian or you are archbishop, every time. You look at yourself and not the cross. You are in pride. You need to humble yourself at the cross. Embrace the finished work and enter into the healed land. Ah, do I get an amen? <laughs> Isn't that just totally beautiful? That's totally beautiful. So as you execute the belt, the sandals, and the staff. The staff means for us identity and authority. The staff means identity and authority. So, so a lot of 
things as you step out it's going to challenge your identity who are you are you a child of god do you know you're a child of god remember the staff of of judah was used to identify him the person that owns this staff is the one that is responsible the staff is the staff of identity it's also the staff of authority staff of authority and as god has sent him jesus so sent he us so he is the staff of our identity. He, Jesus, is the staff of our authority. So when we step out, we are going to be conflicted. Remember, you are not stepping out in your righteousness. When you decide to start that group online, you are not starting it in your strength. You are starting it with the staff, your identity in Christ and your authority in Christ. And that is how it will be. That is where we have dominion. And God is saying, big deal. It's not so much as in, as in us, but him. It's not so much as in, as in we are powerful, but he's powerful. It's not so much as we are sufficient, but he is sufficient. He's absolutely sufficient. So, so when we rejoice, we are rejoicing in his sufficiency. When we, when we pivot, we are pivoting in his sufficiency. When we plan, we are planning in his sufficiency. When we execute, we are executing in his sufficiency. When we rejoice, we are rejoicing in his sufficiency. You know, and if you look at Luke 10, Jesus was teaching clearly his disciples this principle. He was saying, hmm. they, they came to him, they said, oh, we stepped out. We we had our belt. We had our, our, our sandals. We had our staff that you gave us, the authority. And demons bowed. Diseases were healed. COVID-19 was driven out of the earth. And Jesus said to them in Luke 10, but in verse 18, he said to them, I saw Satan driven from heaven. Don't rejoice that this powers are going to be subject to you. Don't rejoice that your group is going to multiply. Don't rejoice that you are going to affect thousands and millions of lives because you are. It says, I have given, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Says nothing will injure you. Says, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Evil spirits cannot be seen. Sin and unseen forces will obey you. Don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Says, rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Hallelujah. So, so, so all these amazing things that God will do are rejoicing. Is because our names are written in the book of life. What an honor. What a privilege. I want to prove with you if you are here. You are online. You've never given your life to Jesus. Or you used to give your you used to be a child of God that you must maybe you've given your life to Jesus at, at some point. But you, you you're like pastor. I need to come back to God. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Wherever you are, 
wherever you are. Maybe you listen on Mixlive, maybe on YouTube, maybe on Facebook, maybe on Instagram, you may be on the website. Bow your heart and, and just say to God, I surrender to you. I, I, I don't know how to pray big, big prayers, but I'm, I'm sorry, Lord. Accept me today and breathe upon me. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray for everyone that is surrounding to you even right now. I ask in the name of Jesus that you reveal yourself to them. Let your peace, oh, your peace, even at this time, that surpasses all understanding, let it garrison in their hearts and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.